Welcome. This service is provided by freeconferencecall.com. Please enter your access code followed by the... If you are the host, press star now. Otherwise, please wait and you will be joined into the conference. The recording has started. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello there. How are y'all? Hey, John. Hey, Preston. Hey, Jeff. How are you, man? Hello. Good, good. We got them hopping on now. So, Preston, if we can, we'll just give them just a minute and um, sure. we should have everybody on here and then we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to going. So, uh, awesome. how's everything in your, how's everything in your world? Oh, you know what? It's um, great. We had a great OP call today. Just getting back from, uh, flew back to Dallas for Fourth uh, of July with my family. So I had some great time. I uh, was teaching my daughter how to swim for the first time. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. How about you? Did you have a great fourth? We did. We did a lot of good family time and, and some really, really good chill time. So um, it was nice kind of hang out a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, it looks like we we got them. They're hopping on now. So is it okay with you if we just dive in? Let's do it. All right. And if it's okay, I'll let you just introduce yourself um, because it would – I have a sheet of paper, and I wouldn't be able to get to all of it. So um, could you just share with everybody a little bit of who you are, you know, what you do, and a little bit of your background, and then we'll rock and roll from there? Sure, absolutely. Well, hello, everyone in the uh, Gulf States region. Uh, my name is Press McKissick, and uh, you can call me Press or Preston. Either one works. Um, and uh, I am uh, – most of you probably know my parents, uh, Jim and Linda McKissick. And um, – I, uh, I am their uh, youngest of four, and so I am a byproduct of this company. In fact, I tell most people that um, I was basically uh, came out of the room, and they wrapped me up in a KW loincloth and started feeding me Kool-Aid from a bottle. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's basically my upbringing, to be honest with you. Um, I don't remember a time in my life when uh, Kelly Williams wasn't a, wasn't a part of it, but um, – you know, I, I uh, the last, let's see, I graduated college back in uh, 2015, so that kind of gives away my age. I'm uh, 27 now, and uh, I have recently in the last, uh, actually just past 12 months now, stepped into the regional director position in uh, my family's region in uh, Ohio Valley. So we cover southern Ohio, southern Indiana, and all of Kentucky. We've got about 28 offices, 4,100 agents, and... Um, and yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of my background. Um, and uh, Chuck, you want me to just jump on in talking about some profit share? Um, I would, and, and actually, before you do that, if you could, because I'd love to hear a little bit about the war room. Can you can you yeah, share with us a little you. bit about that? <laughs> I wouldn't have let you forget Chuck, that one. <laughs> Chuck, thank you for that, Chuck. So, so Chuck sends me a text uh, a little earlier and was like, "Hey, before we start, can we make sure to talk about this infamous war room that I've heard of that Jim and Linda have?" So absolutely. Um, so uh, some of you may or may not have heard. Jim and Linda have a um, have a special room inside of their office back in Texas, and uh, sometimes that's confusing for people. We actually, Jim and Linda actually live in Dallas. Um, however, their region is up in Ohio, so so we we travel between those two places quite frequently. But um, at our uh, at our regional office, which is in Dallas, we actually have a room in there which we have dubbed uh, both kind of has two names: the War Room or the Strategy Room. And basically what we've done with that is uh, we've taken a room, we've uh, put whiteboards around the, pretty much every square inch of, that, uh, of the wall space in that room. And then we've got a television, and we also have some audio equipment. 
and what we do is we bring top agents, um, you know, whether they're with KW or not. A lot of times we bring in recruits, but sometimes we, we have agents that are either at risk or we have agents that we need to um, just help them with something in their business. Um, we'll ha- fly them out to Dallas and actually come and spend the day in the strategy or war room. And we basically just dissect their business. And we spend the whole day focused on them and whatever it is uh, that they're working on. And to be honest with you, what, what we found is um, with, a, with a big producer who's coming to Dallas to spend a day with us, it's usually always focused on what's next. Because at some point, as all of you know, as, a, as a, uh, a territory taker and as a winner, you look up at some point and you think, man, what's next, right? Like, what, where do I go from here? So um, we, we've dedicated that room to really helping people work through their business. And, and I, I truly believe that uh, productivity-specific environments are highly, highly important. And I'll be the first to tell you I'm a millennial. And um, the idea of not having a productive office space or not having a place to go to to really work through challenges makes no sense to me why anyone would want to be virtual. So um, that room is really dedicated to just helping top agents through any challenge that they have in their business and really focused on um, a lot of times Jim and Linda and my conversation with agents is around multiple streams of income because, as you know, um, one stream of income today doesn't get the job done. So Jim and Linda tell a story. They had a, a business psychotherapist a long time ago. They were in, um, in a strategy session with and a couple other top agents from around the country. And he outlined for them that moving forward, um, the cost of living was going to continue to go up, and so was the cost of health care and cost of taking care of your family. And so you, we probably need anywhere from five to six income streams in our life to truly be financially free. So um, if you talk to, to, to myself or Jim and Linda very quickly, you'll realize that our favorite topic to talk about is financial freedom because I there's – there's something truly powerful about being in a position to work because you want to and not because you have to. And most people in this world never get there. And so we're really passionate about helping people do that. That's so, pretty uh, awesome. Any, any other questions you Go had on the, on the war room while we're on it, Chuck? Yeah, absolutely. So you also have like, we all, y'all have a lot of different companies, a lot of different things that y'all do. Um, how do you keep up with the pipeline of the people that's on your benches? Like, in other words, somebody, they say future, I want to do this. And you say, it, it may be two years down the road. Y'all do a phenomenal job from what I understand of staying up with future talent. That may be your opportunity. Any insight yeah. we could have in how you do that? Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, this, this is, I wish I had a, a real complex answer for you, but to be honest with you, we keep it real simple. Uh, Linda has Linda and I. Um, I, I actually started officing in the same space as Linda was in. So we had our, both of our desks in the same area when I lived in Dallas. And um, in front of us was a whiteboard, and on that whiteboard we keep a list of names. And those lists of names are either recruits uh, that we're working on in our region that we want to we want to continue to build a relationship with, and so we want to keep them top of mind. Or we keep a list of talented people in our world. Um, uh, that are either in our market centers or outside of our market centers that we want to, again, further the relationship with and keep top of mind because we see them as potential opportunities, whether that be for opening market centers or for stepping into a team leader or an OP position. So we just have those names in front of us on that board. And so every day we come in, it's staring us in the face. And so we're making sure every week that we're doing something to drip and touch and uh, let those people know that we're thinking about them and that we're, um, you know, that they're top of mind for us. Okay. And, and in that, so streams of income, and, and then I just know a little bit from, from speaking with, with Linda around this, um, and then a few other people, because I'm always asking questions. Um, profit share, obviously, y'all have a pretty large portfolio of, of properties, right? Yeah. Like we're, all of, we're all of y'all's focus. Rental properties? Uh, well, our focus is really two areas. So we we very rarely dabble in commercials. So if, if we do anything in commercial, it is, um, it's going to be focused around um, putting a business inside of it. So one of the things that we like to do is um, if when we buy into a market center or buy a market center or launch a market center, we typically like to own the building. So a good example of that is the, the market center that I just recently launched. Um, my wife and I launched up here in Dayton, Ohio, which is where I now live. Um, Jim actually bought the building that we're in. And so anytime we can do that, we try to own, you know, uh, both control the business and the real estate. 
Um, but other than that, we don't dabble much in commercial. So our focus is really all around um, uh, residential real estate. And uh, our strategy there is long-term holds. We don't do as much flips, although we do some. Um, we really are more into building up passive income streams. And so that, that requires you to have a, a rental property. So um, rental properties are a big focus of ours. We've got over 100 single family. Um, I think we actually have more than probably about 120 now. And then we've got um, vacation rentals is our other focus. I know that's been a hot topic in the real estate world for a couple of years now, and it's just continuing to grow. So we actually have, um, we actually just bought 12 more lots, but we've got, I think, 17. Um, and then plus these 12 new lots that we're going to be building on uh, vacation rentals in Branson, Missouri. And so that's kind of a long story, but the short version is uh, Jim and Linda um, uh, met a friend. They were out teaching and they met someone who was doing short sales and doing uh, VRBO um, up in that area. And uh, they invited them out and they came and my parents fell in love with the Branson area. It's, it's uh, if you've never been there, it's really beautiful and uh, just kind of a, a wholesome, um, you know, just a family town. It's a great place to vacation. And so they started buying properties there and then, um, you know, found that they were pretty good businesses. So we've got a full-time girl who runs all that. We've got another full-time uh, person who runs all the rental properties here locally. And uh, Jim and Linda don't have to spend any time on them other than just going and buying more and uh, just doing what they enjoy. Okay. And then you have market centers, you have regions, you have, correct. what else does that run into? Yeah, correct. You, we've got, um, we, we, uh, so Jim and Linda have ownership in South Florida region. They also um, have the majority ownership in the Ohio Valley region. And then we've got, uh, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, I believe six or seven market centers now that uh, Jim and Linda have ownership in um, throughout uh, their region. And then also a couple in the Dallas region. Okay. Okay. And then Linda teaches a lot. Um, we have books because I've Obviously, you know, yep. hold what all is what all is if if we had somebody on the call that's not familiar with your family went, oh, I'm going to go find out more about this because um, what I love is just the capacity to be able to do so much. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome and pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that's another that's another piece of 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 kind of our uh, what I call McKissick companies, um, and part of another arm of that is the is the coaching and training. And I mean, uh, you don't have to look very far in our ecosystem to realize that we have an incredible platform for agents to build. Uh, I mean, you look at our top agents today, and that and Gary Gary believes that they should have the ability to do that, right? They're starting coaching companies and they have training companies. Uh, we we had those same things, and Jim and Linda were probably one of the, the first to do it inside of the company where they had um, you know the hold book, um, they had um, uh, the presentation mastery is a book they wrote before hold. And then uh, just speaking around the country and coaching, we did a profit share uh, course that we're rewriting right now, which is some of what we'll talk about today um, and some of that material. And so we're, I mean, it's really just at the end of the day, Chuck, you know, you, we all only have 24 hours. And what you quickly realize is that uh, if you want to have a really big life, you're going to have to bring talented people into your world. And so behind Jim and Linda, what you would find is, um, talented people who make everything happen. And so Jim and Linda create an idea um, and then a few of us flesh out what those look like and then uh, have the implementers go and actually put it into place. But again, it's all about, like Gary talks to us about, right? It's about great people in your world who can make stuff happen and not always just trying to do it yourself. I love that. I love that. And and it's something that I'd like to see more happen in our region. You know, I, I see like with the platform of, of her being able to go teach and do all of those things and the connections it's made. Um, I think that's one of the things whenever I talk with people, it's one of the, a couple of the biggest struggles, where do I find them? And yet with a platform, you, if you teach in the right classes and like right material, correct material, they show up, they find you. And then the other is where do I put them if I don't have a spot for them? And I think you answered that question of, um, you know, you, you, you have them right in front of your desk and you were constantly keeping them front of mind on a talent sheet of going, how about now? How about now? Even to the point of maybe even creating a business or having enough businesses that could bring in that kind of talent. So, um, yeah, that's, cool. that's right. That's right, Chuck. As long as your world's continuing to expand, um, finding opportunity for talented people shouldn't be the issue. Uh, now, there's definitely times when you don't have 
uh, you may be at a point where you're not, uh, you don't have another business to put them in. And in that case, uh, the important thing is keeping them top of mind, because I will tell you, think about how many few entrepreneurs there are in this world that are, that are actually building big businesses and big enterprises in which they have room for people, talented people to continually grow and expand. So sometimes that may not be, you may not have that opportunity for someone right now, but if you stay top of mind with them as your world continues to expand, I can almost guarantee that at some point timing will align and you'll be ready to take that person and put them in, but you have to do the job of building the relationship with them now. That's why building a talent bench is so critically important for all of our leaders in this company to get because it's something Gary Keller has mastered. Um, and when you do that, that's what allows you to go really fast. A lot of times what we have a challenge with as, as entrepreneurs is not necessarily um, having the right people. It's, it's like having the opportunity for them. So you've got to work on both. And you've got to build that relationship in the meantime. I love that. I love that. Perfect. Thank you for that. So I'm going to unmute everybody. And guys, we had some people as we were talking that, you know, you have an open mic, maybe driving down the road. So I'm going to unmute everybody so everybody can ask questions. And I'm just going to ask that you keep yourself muted until the end. So that way we can just have a clear, clear mic. So do you all have any questions for, for Prez on any of that that we just went over before we move on? Okay, so, and I know, I know you want to DR, we actually asked you to come in and talk about profit sharing a lot. When you get wrapped with that, and I know you have a lot to, to go over with us, um, one of the things, that, and I wanted to share this with our guys, but Gary has actually selected for us to, to take care of and, and actually run our Indy Task Force for the RDs. Phenomenal job and love where it's, you know, all of the stuff that's coming together on that. And so I don't know if you have a chance at the end, Chris, if that's something you might just give us a little bit of an overview. I know that we don't, you know, have anything nailed down yet, but just sure. the parts that you're seeing and the parts as an OP that you're excited about, you know, of the opportunities that are coming. So um, just wanted to put that Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, Chuck, do you want to kind of give me a time frame? Uh, how long do you want me to talk on profit share just so I make sure we save some time for Indy? Um, if we could be done at, you know, let's say 250, I can take the last 10 minutes, just do some Q&A on, on my own with the guys and run through some numbers. I think that'd be great. You got it. You got it. Awesome. Okay. Well, good. Well, I, I, I'm excited to talk to you all about, honestly, my favorite topic in this company. And uh, the reason why it's the favorite topic in this company is um, because, in my opinion, ProfitShare is the best business there is to own in, in, in the world. And uh, the reason why I love it so much is because it's a business you can own, uh, and I encourage all of you to think of it like a business, because it's a business you can own that uh, you don't get any calls about toilets <laughs> being broken. Um, you don't get any uh, upset renters. Um, you don't have to deal with any agent drama like we do in, sometimes in market centers. It happens, right? Um, it truly is a business in which uh, money shows up in your account every month. And I'm going to be honest with you. I challenge all of you to go up there and find a business in which you can invest the same kind of time and effort and get, a, a get an exponential return like you can in profit share. So the first thing I'd encourage all of you to really think about, though, is what is profit share? And I'm, I'm just curious. I really would love to open it up to some of you on, on the call. You know, in your, in your mind, what is profit share? Who wants to take a stab at it? It's a gift. Ah, I like that. It's a gift. Okay. What else? What else is profit share? College money. It's a way to grow your business. Yeah, college fund, a way to grow your business. I love it. And those are all those are all great things. Absolutely. And you know, here would be my encouragement to all of you. Until profit share becomes something more than just a passive income stream, you will never invest the time and, and energy and effort into growing it. 
and neither will your agent. So I'd like to share with you because I, I feel like I have one of the most unique perspectives in this company. So Jim and Linda last year, um, well, let's just say this year, they're on track. They'll do over, I believe, over $1.6 in Kellen's profit share this year. Truly passive mailbox money. And um, I just want to share with you because that's obviously grown over the years. And, um, and again, until it becomes something more than just a passive income stream, it really attaches to something that changes your life. Um, it, you're, you're not going to see it the way it's meant to be seen. And I truly believe I've got one of the most unique perspectives in this company because I'm a, uh, the opportunities that I've had in this company are, are truly because of what Jim and Linda did and the profit share that they built. And so for me, I just would like you to hear my perspective real quick on what profit share is to me as the child or as the son of someone who actually saw profit share what, for what it truly was as a gift, as something that if you nurture it over time, it will grow. And so from my perspective as a, as a son, here's what profit share was to me. Number one, profit share was a private school education. Number two, profit share was the ability to go to Baylor University, which is, if you know anything about Baylor, it's in Waco, Texas, and it's not cheap, and uh, the ability to graduate with no debt. Uh, profit share was also family vacations every single year and memories with my family. And, um, and those, some of those va family vacations were overseas to places like uh, um, uh, going on a cruise throughout the, um, uh, like Rome and Italy and some other amazing, Greece and some other amazing places like that. So they, you can tell, the, and Hawaii and things like, things that aren't cheap vacations, but ones that truly left a lasting impact on our family. Um, and then ProfitShare is also the legacy for my family that I get to pass on to my kids and my kids' kids. And, um, and, you know, the other thing that I think is really important to note is uh, profit share more than the money or more than the experiences. The biggest benefit that profit share has had on me um, is it allowed, it, it showed me what it could do for my family. And so what's really cool about that is, you know, I, I, I get to work with Jim and Linda, obviously, every day, right? Uh, beyond, just, beyond just being my family, I get to work with them. And one of the things that stands out to most to me, the most to me about profit share is that my family could choose to stop working today and they could go sit on the beach at their beach house in San Diego and they could never work again and they would be set for the rest of their life. And yet I watch them get up every single day and choose to work because they want to, not because they have to, because of what this company and because of what profit share has done for their life. And I can't tell you the gift that that is as a, as a child, or as a son, to get to see that your parents are doing something that they're so passionate about. And, um, and, and what, at least what it's done for me is it's allowed me to see that um, this company really does change lives. And when you realize that and you get to witness that, it changes your perspective. And so my perspective on life is, is I can tell you, has shifted because of what ProfitShare has done for my family. So again, until ProfitShare becomes more than a number to you and to our people, they're not going to care about it. And so it's your job as the leader to paint a vision for what ProfitShare is and what it can be. And then you got to, we have to show our people how to do it because I will tell you the skill set it takes to go sell a house is diff very different than the skill set it takes to go recruit an agent. And so we have to help our people see that on top of seeing the vision for what ProfitShare really is. Um, you know, the other thing that, uh, Linda said this for a long time. It's just always something that stuck with me. But, you know, our agents wake up every day and they walk over dollars to get the dimes. <laughs> and what she means by that is they choose to chase commissions every single day instead of also working on their profit share. And one of the big things I'll tell you, one of the big um, uh, misconceptions about profit share is that it's an either-or conversation, meaning that our agents think they either have to work on profit share or they have to work on their business. And I will tell you that what, what hopefully you have found and what I've found is that's actually not true. Uh, profit share is actually an and conversation. So you build your profit share while you're building your business. It actually goes hand in hand and should be, should be easier, not harder to do. Um, but again, our, if our agents don't understand that, they choose to walk over dollars to get the dimes every single day. And um, I've got a, just a couple things I want to share with y'all specifically around ProfitShare, and this is this is the first one. Um, you know, your agents are not going to 
they're not going to refer other agents until they feel like they're doing something for someone instead of to someone. And this was a big aha for me when I realized this, uh, both as an agent when I sold for a few years and, um, and also as I've had more and more conversations with agents, they truly, a lot of them truly feel like they're doing something to someone instead of for someone when they're having those uh, recruiting conversations. So I would challenge all of you to really look at the people in your market centers whose lives have been transformed by coming to this company. And then I'd have a few specific examples and I'd be highlighting those people and those, uh, those people whose lives have been transformed at your monthly meetings, at your, um, any, at your ALC meetings, any chance you get to talk about the life change, share my story, share Jim and Linda's story, right? Look, look around the company because you'll find truly thousands of them about people's lives that have been transformed. But again, if we don't share those and all we talk about is, hey, I want to help you build your profit share, it means nothing to them if we both don't connect it to what it profit share truly is for them and also that it's doing something for someone, not to someone. Does that make sense? Powerful. Hadn't thought of it like that. Very awesome. Powerful. So, um, you know, what I would say in terms of changing perception in our market centers, because again, almost every agent's going to walk to the table and feel like recruiting, like recruiting someone is doing something to someone, not for someone. So kind of just two ideas that, that I share with you on how to change that perception. Number one, it's, the, it's what we just talked about, right? Talk about life change in the market center and who's been impacted personally by making a move to KW and who's been impacted by um, what Provincer has done in their life. The other thing is who are your agent projects? In your, in your market centers. And this is a really big one. And uh, Gary shared this with us in a RD meeting. And uh, it was either that or it was on a call. I can't remember where, but it really truly stuck with me. But who are the agent projects in your office that you're working on, not just doubling, but 5Xing their business? I want you to think about that. And then, you know, when those people's lives are getting better, what you've just done is you just created, um, again, more people whose lives have been transformed by this company. So I would, if I were you, I'd really be purposeful about identifying, you know, if we don't have a lot of life change in our market center right now, great. The best time to start is right now then. So <laughs> who are we going to identify and how are we going to go change their lives? And then go to work to change their lives. Go to work to change their businesses and coach them and train them. We got to remember that, uh, and again, this is something Gary's taught, um, taught us at the RD meetings, but our job in our market centers is not, it's not as much to be a support system, although that's important, as it is to be a thought leader. And being a thought leader means you push people. You challenge people's thinking. And uh, Lucas uh, Schroden shared this at, uh, we had him for OP Fundamentals, and um, it, it was a pretty impactful day, but he shared something really powerful with us. He said, you know, your people who are underperforming, you coach and you train those people. Your people who are, are high achievers, you push them. And so for a lot of you, your top agents in your market centers, they may not need as much coaching as they need pushing, meaning you're stretching their thinking. You're exposing them to bigger things, bigger opportunities. You're, um, you're, you're pushing them out there to think, hey, uh, you know, the biggest producer in, in my town in Dayton, Ohio, has only done $50 million. So right now I'm pushing my people, hey, who wants to be the first to 100? Who's going to go get $100 million in our city? Right, we got to remember all of your top people in our market centers are looking for thought leaders, and if you're not being that thought leader for them, I can guarantee you they're looking around for someone else to be it. I mean, think about that. Why? Why do? Why do our top agents in KW continue to go back to Gary time after time after time? I can tell you because I've sat in that room a few times. He says the same thing. It's the same message. It's always about people talented people changing your world. And yet they choose to come back and hear the message again and again and again. And it's because Gary is a thought leader. Gary pushes their thinking and stretches the way that they think. And no one else, no one else is doing that for them. So therefore they're not going anywhere else. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Awesome. So again, that goes back to the point of just having agent projects in your market center and working on growing their businesses because that's how you change perception of what this company has done for people and, and, and around profit share. You know, the other fact that I found is that a lot of our agents know that they should refer agents to the office, but they don't because they don't know what to do. 
And I think a long, for a long time in this company, we've talked about, um, like, we've talked about how, what to do, but we haven't talked about how to do it. And so I'd encourage all of you to really think about what education are you giving your people around uh, actually the skill of recruiting and influencing people. And I will tell you, it's not what most people think, right? It's not um, trapping them in a corner and telling them that uh, throwing up KW on them, right? It's always through asking great questions and exploring their business and talking all about someone else and not talking about yourself. And again, our agents don't realize that. They think that the way that they go on a listing appointment is the same way that they go on a recruiting appointment. And anyone who knows how to recruit knows that that is two totally separate meetings, right? They're, they're not the same. Um, and so we got to remember that we got to help our agents know how to do it and not just what to do. Um, the other thing is, and I'd encourage you all to write this down. This is the formula that Linda and I teach. And uh, I sat down with Linda for about, um, about two weeks and we just outlined everything that she knew about profit share and everything that she'd learned to be true. And in doing that, um, we, we came up, I came up with a formula based on everything Linda had talked about and kind of put it into, if you want to go duplicate what Linda did to build her profit share to a million six, here's the formula that you would have to know. So here, here's what it is. It's relationships plus validity plus value, and all of that is divided by time. So it's relationships plus validity, plus value, divide all of that divided by time. And so I, I'm just going to walk you through real quickly what each one of those means. Um, and the first one's pretty simple, right? Relationships. The broker's business is a relationship game. If you want to get really good at it, you need to get really good at getting in relationship with the players in your market. And here's the truth about relationships. People spell love. T-I-M-E. You have to spend time with people for them to feel cared for and to actually build a relationship. One of the things, um, one of the things we talk about a lot is that, you know, there's, there's two different methods of relationships. There's the scuba dive method, and then there's the water skiing method. The water skiing method does not work in real estate. You have to do the scuba dive method. And what that means is, you have to go deep with people. And in order to go deep with people, you have to spend time with them. Um, the other thing about relationships is most of our agents believe that the most important relationships that they have in their life are with their buyers and sellers. And I will tell you that Linda has made more money from her relationships with agents than she ever did with buyers and sellers. And that's a perspective that most of, again, most of our agents don't have that. And I truly uh, would encourage all of you to, to, to flesh through that and think about with your agent base that actually the most important relationship financially that they could ever have could be with their buyer, it could be with eight other agents in the marketplace and not just their buyers and sellers. What if, what if it was the most important relationships was all three, right? Your buyers, your sellers, and agents, and not just one group versus the other. And, uh, you know, the second part of that equation um, is validity. And here's what's cool about validity. Validity is basically um, the, you know, so, let, me give it, let me give you this example. Um, if Gary Keller picked up the phone and called the top producer in your market, do you think Gary Keller would have the validity to have a conversation with that person and they would take his phone call and have a, have a meeting with him and probably fly all the way to Austin if he if he offered to pay for it for them to come. Absolutely. Yeah, that, so that's validity. Validity is earning the right of people's respect and also earning the right to have, um, have a relationship with them. Here's the cool thing about validity. It's entirely learned and an earned trait, meaning you can either earn it or you can learn it, or sometimes both. And um, the other thing is, you know, everyone – you know, people, uh, validity is a topic we don't talk about a lot. Most people, including your agent base, would actually probably say that they don't have any validity in their market. And, and here's the truth. Everyone has validity. Even a new agent who just passes their test has validity with someone who wants to get in real estate and hasn't taken their test yet, right? 
because you have what they want. So we need to help our agents understand that they have validity in certain areas. I know I talked to one agent and she's been buying people's book of business and that's her validity. And so anyone who wants to talk around that conversation, she's a great person that has high amount of validity in that area. You've got some agents who are really great at prospecting. That's their validity, right? You agents have to realize that their validity is their strength and they, they should use that to their advantage when they're recruiting. And so it's important to understand like, where are your, where's your validity at? And then where is it not? And uh, are those places that it's not, can I either build upon those or is it better for me to just leverage someone? So for example, you know, I stepped out of, uh, my wife and I built a business in three years up to 15 million in Dallas, Texas. We didn't get to 50 million. I, I stepped out and moved into leadership. So my validity is not building a $50 million business. However, uh, and it won't be because that's not my role anymore. However, I can have a conversation with someone who wants to get to 50 million and then be a resource to connect them with someone who is doing 50 million. So sometimes your validity isn't your own. You can actually leverage other people in this company's validity to help to help you in uh, help you in building your profit share. The third part of that is uh, value. And um, well, let me go back on validity. One other thought on validity. Um, like, like I talked about, it's a learned and earned trait. And the best way to help your, either yourself or your agents build your validity is through teaching, coaching, and, and helping them grow their businesses. So, again, you should identify who are the people in your market that want to build their profit share, and then you go help them do that. And you also help them go build their validity. Because the higher your validity the easier it is to recruit everyone, right? An A player in your market can recruit an A, a B, and a C player. But a B player has a hard time recruiting an A player unless they're a connector, right? You can, def you can definitely do that, not saying you can't. It's just the higher your validity, the easier it is for you to just pick up the phone and have a great conversation with anybody. Um, let's talk about value. So value is the third part of the equation. And um, it's, here's, here's what's great about validity. Or I'm sorry, value. Value is 100% what's important to the person you're talking to. See, mo most of our agents think, uh, again, when they're recruiting someone that it's all about what they know, and it's all about Keller Williams. But here's the truth. Linda, has, I've watched her recruit more people and never even mention the word Keller Williams or KW, but talk entirely about them and their business and their experience of building building their business and the, and the gaps that they have in their business. So value is all about what's important to them, not what's important to the person who's talking to them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So again, value is a learn, value is a learned skill. So uh, it's all about asking great questions and helping people self-discover that what they need to take their life and their business to the next level is at KW. But, but again, they have to do the self-discovery. So it's, so it's the person's job of asking the great questions to help them and lead them to self-discovery. So this is what we always tell people around self-discovery. And that, again, this is one I probably write down. It's, um, it's one I, uh, I live by in terms of helping people understand how to, how to recruit and just build uh, validity and influence. People self-discover in one of three ways, through questions, stories, and experiences. And so um, let me just kind of break those down real quick. So questions is uh, the, uh, if you're thinking about it, experiences is the highest form of self-discovery and questions is the lowest. And what I mean by that is questions are always what you lead with, right? When you're helping people self-discover, you ask great questions to help them get to a place you want to go, right? It's, it's a very powerful tool. However, it's not as powerful as the next two. The actually more powerful ones are stories. So as you're asking them great questions and they're, you're leading them down a thought process, you, you insert stories because if, if I guarantee all of you could go back and think about some of the best classes you've taken, some of the best instructors you've heard, some of the best teachers you've had in your life, and you would tell me that the reason they were great is because they were great storytellers. And the better you are at, at teaching through stories, for whatever reason, God wired us in such a way that that's, that's how we learn best. And um, it's just it's just built within our DNA, right? And so stories are actually the second level 
of self-discovery. So the more stories you have, the better. I've listened to Linda tell some amazing stories that people had their walls up. And as soon as they realized that she was a real person and that she had stories of, of failure to break through to her next level, her E2P moments, their walls dropped down. And it was like a totally different person we were talking to. And then finally, the highest level is through experiences. And this is probably my favorite one to use. And it, the reason for that is because it truly is leveraging um, someone else to do the heavy lifting. And that's, that's through experiences. Experiences is all about education. So getting them to a class or giving them um, like uh, getting them the mega camp or family reunion would be a great example of experiences. You're putting them in, a, in an environment that's different. And they, they are there as an open canvas listening to someone else's perspective, story, and, um, and transformation. And then they are validating that against what they already know. And so you, that's why you see such a high success rate at our classes and um, at our uh, national trainings for people coming and, and then joining our company. I mean, you'd be amazed at the experience. Um, I'm not sure if any of you have been there, but Gary's held a few recruiting events in Austin. And um, when he's, that would be a great example of an experience. They come, they listen to Gary in the morning, they watch the tech in the afternoon. And I would venture to bet that we've probably closed uh, 50 to 60% of that room. I know in my region, I've brought a handful of people and our close rate is 75%. And these are people who've never barely had any conversations with us. And we get them in a room with Gary to an experience and they join us because they see a different perspective and it's someone else telling them not us. So I, I would just question stories, experiences, really think on that because that is, that's a game changer in, in just the way that you help people, you lead people to self-discover something. It's not about us, what we value, it's what they value. The other thing is, you know, Linda, um, Linda tells a story. If you would have, if you would have uh, tried to guess why Linda uh, was joining Keller Williams back in the mid, uh, mid early nineties, um, you probably would have guessed that it was the $80,000 that she was about to save because she paid Ebby holiday, a hundred thousand dollars in like 1993 to be at, at the company she was at. Most of you would probably guess if you were back in that time, that that's the reason she was joining KW. But the truth is you would have been wrong. The reason she was joining KW is because she was so tired of fighting Ebby Holiday over who was the brand. And that was what was most of value to Linda. And so we have to remember that with, with uh, agents we're talking to uh, or anyone, anyone we're talking to, we've got to find what's value to them and not what we perceive as their value. Um, so I'd like to leave you guys with just a couple simple steps for working with your agents on profit share, if that's okay with you. Um, just a couple quick things. Uh, the first one is I would start having your agents um, getting purposeful about having conversations with co-ops. That is the easiest opportunity your agents have to build their profit share. And I just tell people, keep it really simple and just ask, so how's your business? And that generally leads in a conversation with a person who, um, you know, with a, with a co-op that we want to be in business with, that liter uh, usually leads down a path of, finding out what their, what, what Linda and I would call you their value gaps, meaning what are the holes in their business? What are they striving towards? Like if you had to rate your business on a scale of one to 10 and it's a seven, what takes it to an eight? Those are, I would work with your agents on just having those conversations instead of thinking they have to throw up KW on someone. No, just ask great questions about them and their business and let them talk and shut and shut your mouth. Right. That would be the first thing. The second thing this is something Mark King gave, uh, gave to me, and it was, um, uh, he's my coach, and it was truly impactful. And so I'd encourage all of you to write this down. I'm going to give you a couple really what sounds like random numbers, but I promise they have a point to them. So I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven numbers to write down. And the first one is zero. And then write dash one, dash one, dash six. Dash 20, dash 32, dash 50. I'll repeat it one more time. Zero, one, one, six, 20, 32, and 50. And then underneath each one of those numbers, I want you to write the years 2014 
all the way leading up to 2020. That should be seven numbers. So under zero, you're going to write 2014. And under, under the first one, you're going to write 2015. And do that up until you get to 50, which should say 2020. Does that make sense? Or did I lose you? Share the numbers one more time. Share the numbers one more time with us, Chris. Yep, it's zero dash one dash one dash six dash twenty dash thirty two dash fifty. And then underneath those, you're going to write the years 2014 all the way up to 2020 underneath each number. So like under zero, you'll write 2014. Under the first one, you'll write 2015. Under the next one, 2016. And then all the way up to 2020, which should be under the number 50. Make sense? Okay. Yep, got yeah. it. Okay, so here, and I'm not sure if Mark's done this for y'all, but here's what he shared with me. He realized that at, um, at some point in his market center, if he could exponentially increase the amount of agents in his office who were receiving more in profit share than they were in, in caps, than they were paying in their cap, then he would have a market center that was essentially bulletproof, right? I mean, he, meaning he's not going to lose those people. So his market center currently has, uh, is experiencing those numbers right there. So he just passed... Um, 20 agents in his market center that are receiving more in profit share than they pay in their cap. And so this is the vision he painted back in 2014 of what he wanted to see in terms of agents making more in profit share than they pay in their cap. I would encourage all of you, what is your vision for your market center in terms of your agents earning more in profit share than they pay in their caps? Do you have a vision for that? Are you are you um, talking about it at every office meeting? Because profit share is our company without profit share, you lose a piece of our culture and you lose a piece of our DNA. So profit share should be a piece of every part of our company, every conversation that we're having with our, with our entire agent base. So I would encourage all of you, what is your vision for profit share? So here's what, here's what Mark did. He, he took that number and he kind of drew out his vision. And those numbers have shifted a little bit over time, as they all will, right? Um, the point of a vision is not to be accurate. The point of a vision is to, is to drive people towards something in the future, right? So let, let those numbers be what they are for you. Um, but here's what he did. He then took his top 10 profit share earners after he set that vision, and he went and had a conversation with them. So Chuck, uh, Chuck can I role play with you real quick? Sure. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to be the team leader. You're going to be an agent. I'm just going to role play this conversation. So uh, ring, ring. Hey, Chuck, it's Preston McKissick. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, I wanted to give you a quick call. I was just pulling our profit share report uh, for the market center this month. Did you know that you're one of the top 10 profit share earners in our office this year? I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I, I thought it was pretty exciting. So first off, I'm super proud of you, Chuck. I just want to say that's amazing. I, I know profit share for me has done a lot for my family, and, and I'm excited to hear what it's doing for you. Um, but, hey, I, I kind of had a crazy idea that I wanted to run by you if you're open to it. Sure. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, Chuck. I'd like to help you make more in profit share than you pay in your cap. I know that's crazy, but I want to help you make more in profit share than you pay in your cap. And I'd like to try and do that in less than a year. And I think I have a plan to help you do that. Would you be willing to come in and sit down and talk to me about that? Heck yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's the role play right there. That's the conversation that um, Mark had with his agents. He basically sat him in a room and this was the game plan he came up with. So you basically ask these agents if you can commit three, uh, three time slots a week uh, and they're going to give you those three time slots that they can commit to. And then they are going to help fill some of those spots. And you're going to help fill some of those spots with agents who are doing somewhere around half the production those agents are doing. So, for example, if Chuck, you're a $10 million producer, you and I are going to go to work on $5 million producers to sit in those time slots that you gave me. Uh, you're going to be in the room with us and we're going to help that person double their business. That makes sense? Yep, that's pretty cool. 
pay it forward. That's right. That's right. So again, and and you, and there's a little bit of teaching there. You got to teach your your agents when to when to shut their mouth and when to talk. So there's a little bit of a learning curve there for sure. However, um, you're leveraging your agents to help build their profit share. And I know a lot of us right now, our agents, uh, some of them don't. They just refer a name and they give you a name and they never even talk to the person. So I always encourage it needs to be a win-win proposition, meaning that. The more you can get your agents to help you, the better. And I will tell you, your, I guarantee if I look at your market center, your success rate from people who have um, referred you someone that they actually have had a conversation with, your close rate is probably better than a four to one. And the people who you're just cold calling are probably worse than a four to one, would be my guess. So um, that's a great idea that Mark gave. Um, the other thing is when you onboard a capper, um, this was another great idea that came that came in a meeting we had. When you onboard a capper, pull their roster of their previous office, both of the cappers and the half cappers, and then you're going to ask them when they're onboarding because remember they're most excited about KW when they're joining, right? It's just like a just like a uh, asking for a referral at closing, right? Um, when they sit down with you to actually onboard, you're going to slide that in front of them or whoever's onboarding them, slide that in front of them. And ask them to circle three people who are less than a cap and three people who are, who are a capper or higher that they think would be a great fit for our company and who they'd love to be in business with. And then you're together going to come up with a plan to work towards those people in uh, being part of the office. And then my final thought, I know I'm one minute over. So here's my final thought on profit share. At the end of the day, profit share is a choice. And uh, it's also a habit. So what, what Diana tells us is true. What you focus on expands. So my encouragement to you is get focused on profit share. And remember, it's more about the money. It's more than about money. It's about changing lives. Love that. All right. That's all I got for you. I finished two minutes left. <laughs> you did good. Are, are you okay hanging with us a few minutes just to do some Q&A around that? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to. Okay. We're just going to take it right on to three then. And everybody, if y'all just text me your numbers, your projections, that'd be good. So what kind of questions do y'all have for, for Press on what he was sharing with us today? I got a question around the uh, the, the role player, the script. Uh, I may have misunderstood. Uh, when you ask them to give you the three time slots a week, they're going to fill some of the slots, and you're going to fill some of the slots. Are you telling me that you're also going to pull in your $5 million producers and they're going to help them, or did I misunderstand that point? Yeah, absolutely. Those three time slots that they gave us are for a time when you're calling the people who are doing half the production of whoever the agent in your office is, and then they're going to that, – that $10 million producer in your office is going to be in the appointment with you because part of the value proposition of you calling that $5 million producer is telling them, Hey, I've got so-and-so in my office and he's given me, he's given me a few time spots on his busy calendar because part of what our office does is pay it forward. And we want to help people grow their production. I'd like to help you do that. Would you be willing to come and sit in, in, a, in a meeting with us and let's talk about how to help you double your business and get from five to 10. Gotcha. Thank you. Yep, you bet. Okay, Press. So I'm going to just dive in real quick on the Indies then. So yep. can you yep. share with us a little bit about what you're seeing there, what you're excited about, as if, you know, as you being an OP from an OP standpoint? Yeah, here's what I'm excited about. And uh, I will tell you, one of the things with working with Gary is Gary truly has a gift. <laughs> This is the way I this is the way I think about it. Gary has a gift of uh, if let's just imagine you all of us are in a pile and we're sitting with Gary. Gary will get up and go around the corner in time to see what's coming next, and then he'll come back around and tell us, "Hey, here's where here's where the puck is moving. Here's where the industry is moving. We better be getting prepared for it." And um, a lot of times, one of the challenges we have is like understanding that right and trying to wrap our heads around that and so um here's here's what gary's been talking about a lot gary's been talking about the biggest threat to our market centers is our space we have grown these behemoths of offices 
and we have our, our expenses are so dang high. And Chuck, I don't know about your region, but uh, we're really working hard to try and reduce our expenses right now because they keep creeping up. And it's really frustrating um, because our expenses are going up faster than our owner, than our uh, revenue is going up, right? Our company dollar. Therefore, that's not a winning equation. Anyone can run that math out and see that that's a losing formula. So Gary uh, sees that the future of our market centers is actually decreased space and more creative, um, creative ways of making money. And so um, I had a really hard time seeing that, to be honest with you, because I still have a much like I assume a lot of you have agents who are want, they want more space, not less. And so I'm wrapping my head around, how do you do that? Well, Gary's vision for these indies is that what if we had a model in which we could actually allow independent brokerages to keep the things that they find really important, which are two things, their name and their space. If they could keep those two things yet partner with KW, man, that's the most beautiful win-win I've ever heard of. And Gary's vision for this is, what if you envision your market center in which it really is like a central hub? You could reduce your, your size and in, in your space, or at least cap that so it doesn't have to continually exponentially grow. And you have all these little spokes out there of independent brokerages that have agreed to partner with you um, and have an agreement, a signed agreement with you, right, to be in business with you. Um, and that way you can, you can grow without, de without increasing your, the space you need to do it. So it truly is an incredible model in which Gary has envisioned. And you, and you know what's interesting is you see Compass try to do this. Compass went out and tried to license their technology. And what happened is uh, it failed because Compass agents felt like, well, you're just going to give our tech to our competitor. We're like, heck no, we're not doing that. So what's cool about this is we're truly, truly is a business partnership. So our name is, is now incorporated as part of their business, right? So it truly is a business partnership. And um, it, it's what Gary talks about is having an interdependent model where it's, you know, I'm not better without you. You're not better without me. It's actually life could be better if we agree to be in business together. And so it's just another tool in your quiver as you think about being in business with the people in your market, because all of you know, there's players in your market that you're not going to get, meaning that they have their own brokerage and for whatever reason that uh, them joining KW wouldn't make sense. However, now we have a new conversation with them, right? Because now let's talk about what does a business partnership look like? Because this isn't a I'm your, you know, you work for me situation. This is a truly a partnership. And that's what gets me really excited, Chuck, is ROPs are now going to have an, another option in their arsenal which at the end of the day, as any business person, what you want is options. What you want is have the ability to make the best fit work. And in the past, we haven't had options, right? We've had a business center, a mega agent office, and here are the requirements for doing those. And this gives us tremendous flexibility um, and uh, opens up dialogues that we've uh, either not been able to have or haven't gone anywhere because of our, um, just the way our, our market center territories have functioned in the past. Love that. And so it just opens up all kind of new possibilities and opportunities for us inside of our territory. And the part I loved about it is that let's say we had a team count with, you know, a, a mega that was going to run a business center for forty-five, sixty thousand $60,000. That same thing um, can be for an Indian and it's the same 45 and they, they have all the responsibility and the liability and, you know, same money. So yeah, that's, that's right. And the kicker, the, the key with that, and I just challenge, um, I, I'm challenging my OTs, and, I, and I'll just put this out there to you as well. You got to have a team cap. If you don't have a team cap, you're going to have uh, OPs in this company who take advantage of this, and they're going to build really big businesses through this. And I don't want to see any of us get left behind. But the truth is, we have to look up as, as business owners and realize that sometimes you have to make a business decision that that in your current environment doesn't feel as good, but in the long term, it shuts the competition down. And I just challenge all of you to take a higher perspective because I know I've had a lot of conversations around a team cap, and I will tell you, it's one of the most strategic, incredibly smart business decisions you can make as a business owner that puts your, nobody else has this, y'all. Like our competition is going to be between Envy and between team caps you're going to have two tools in your arsenal that is going to um, shake the competition and they're going to have to make some really tough business decisions 
in order to compete with you on top of the technology and everything else. So that's what gets me really excited. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for that. And and obviously, guys, we're going to be talking about that more and more as it evolved. I just when we had the man on, I figured we'd get him to share. So. Um, so, Chris, thank you so much for coming on, for doing this. Guys, thank you all for being on. If you all need anything, let me know. And if you will shoot me your numbers, your projections, that would be awesome. We'd love to compile those as well. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it a ton. Awesome. Chris, if I can do anything you. for you, just let me know. Thanks. Yeah, you guys Appreciate just go take some territory. See ya. Amen. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you, guys.